We're back in the war room to review AEW Dynamite and NXT. Which show was better this week? We decided now on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. Ralph, we start off AEW Dynamite with the Young Bucks versus the Dark Order. And on NXT, it's Killer Cross versus Danny Burch. Obviously, Killer Cross does a, a quick fashion to Danny Burch, although Burch got some offense in. But it was the stuff afterwards that people are talking about with Keith Lee and Killer Cross signing the contract that blew up in Keith Lee's face, causing burns to his face, going to the hospital, wondering how Keith Lee is. It seems like he'll be okay. Bucks and Dark Order, I thought this was a very good match to start off Tag Team Appreciation Night. Stu Grayson and Evil Uno did an amazing job cornering each of the Bucks, setting up tags. I thought some of the tandem offense was very, very good. I think this is how the tag team matches in AEW should be, where it's not like overly spotty. I thought this was a well-executed tag team match to open up uh, AEW Dynamite. What do you think about it? Well, I can certainly tell you that NXT started out with a lot of, well, not a lot of, but with too much of the hocus pocus. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I in 2020, I'm not so sure that type of stuff is going to work or attract people. I'm not necessarily a fan of that. So I know that they were going to have their match going into the, the takeover, but I didn't think that we were going to get a contract signing where all of a sudden that thing burst into flames. So no, that kind of is what it was. Uh, the tag match, I think, think was fine. I think for anybody who is a fan of the Young Bucks, they're going to like that style. They're going to like that type of match. And I'm sure most people are going to say that it was one of the better matches of the night. I thought that the obvious thing is they're trying to build tension between the Young Bucks or more specifically the Elite and the Dark Order because we got a little bit more of that going on into the night. So it seems like we're going to start to get either the Dark Order continue to be built up or you never know, this could turn into an all-out feud between the Elite and the Dark Order. And uh, I think that's where they're going with it. It's very interesting to see where this whole story is going because we know that Brody Lee and Cody Rhodes are going to be facing off next week. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. You got this thing with the Young Bucks versus the Dark Order this week. They already did the 12-man tag last week. So I just don't know where else this can go, especially with All Out being a couple weeks away. And speaking of All Out, We had the next progression in the storyline of MJF and John Moxley in our next segment for AEW Dynamite, where MJF does an address to the AEW audience, as well as on NXT, Drake Maverick versus Killian Dane, which you probably wouldn't even realize was happening because you have split screens of Keith Lee going to the hospital. You have Undisputed Era crashing the match and beating up both guys and Adam Cole cutting a promo on Pat McAfee. A lot of stuff that was going on that, you know, took away from the actual focus of the match itself. I liked the MJF promo, but it was something that we already seen. It didn't seem like anything new to progress that storyline other than Moxley attacking MJF afterwards, tricking everybody to think that he's out there in the crowd somewhere only to be coming through the entrance, given the paradigm shift and what appears to injured MJF's neck to a point where he has a petition now on Twitter trying to ban the paradigm shift. So I like that little progression in the storyline. The Adam Cole promo that he cut on Pat McAfee was good, but so much moving parts in this segment that was kind of distracting. You couldn't keep your focus on anything, really. I think that the MJF promo, while it was good, certainly a step down from what he did a couple weeks ago where he gave his big address. Uh, It made a lot of comments that caught a lot of people's attention. So I think it was still a good promo. Um, But the hardest thing about being a top heel or a top guy in in the industry is staying on top and staying fresh. Some of the very best guys ever can go out there and cut a promo 
and have it be as good as as his was week after week after week. So he's still very young. We'll see what happens with him going forward. I know that he's obviously had some really good promos. I think this promo was good. It wasn't necessarily great. Um, it did what it was supposed to do. Obviously, you had the interaction between him and Moxley. So we'll see where that ends up going. I wouldn't be surprised if right now what he's saying about the paradigm shift, if he tries to get that ruled out from the match entirely. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I definitely think he's coming out in a neck brace next week. Yeah. Um, I liked Adam Cole's promo. I think that he definitely needed to, ha- to have that type of strong promo, especially point out that, look, you're coming into my world. You may have been an NFL player, be it that he was a punter and that that's fine. He's still a professional athlete. And that he kicked him while his hands were behind his back and all this stuff to kind of uh, point out that he doesn't think he can do that if it was just straight up one-on-one, which is what, what he was pretty much saying. So I like the fact he, he got a little fire back. He gained a little steam here and just kind of told Pat McAfee, look, you're stepping into my world here. It doesn't matter who you are and what you've done. You're going to get embarrassed. Right. Now, assuming you didn't know Pat McAfee or Adam Cole and you did a side-by-side comparison, and you said, name which one was an NFL punter and which one's a professional wrestler. I guarantee you, they would say Adam Cole is the punter, Pat McAfee is the wrestler, and everybody would be wrong. But well, maybe that, Adam that's Cole's part of the story. Adam, Vinat- Adam Cole might have a little Adam Vinatieri going for him there. Yeah, you might confuse him for a kicker or yeah. a punter. You never know. That's that's definitely true. So I think they can kind of play that into the face to face next week. So. Let's yeah. move on. Uh, next, we have the TNT Championship match, Cody Rhodes versus Scorpio Sky. And in a non-title match on NXT, the Cruiserweight Champion Santos Escobar goes up against Tyler Breeze. I liked the Escobar-Tyler Breeze match. Uh, I know that Escobar, for the most part, got a lot of offense in. But then by the time Breeze got his offense in, Escobar's minions come in to distract. And Escobar gets the win. Then Fandango comes in in a sling. Tries to attack Legato Del Fantasma with a broomstick. That goes to no success. And Isaiah Swerve Scott comes in for the save. To progress the storyline of Escobar and Isaiah Swerve Scott, probably going to end up being the title match at TakeOver 30 next Saturday. So I like where that's going. TNT Championship match. A lot of stuff to talk about with this. First off, the new belt looks much better. Finished. That looks much, much better. I love the new design of the TNT Championship. Mike Chioda, longtime WWE referee officiating this one. And yes, he did count four, not three in the, yes, the pinfall. But, you know, with so many rules being avoided in AEW sometimes, he's just making up for lost time there. Uh, I thought Scorpio Sky looked very, very good. And this stuff with Brody Lee, uh, kind of confuses me like i would think they could do that for next week and set up a match at all out but instead they don't give time for scorpio sky to kind of sink in the moment after the match they just cut right to Brody lee like all right thanks guy next up kind of thing yeah and the introduction cody rhodes (laughs) being introduced as the prince of pro wrestling folks you could defend it all you want but I think it's now solidified that Cody Rhodes is trying to be Triple H. The King of Kings, the Prince of Pro Wrestling. You know, this whole, oh, we're we're trying to build our mid-card, but then ends up beating all of them. It's hard to defend it at this point. And I hope this is just a way for him to turn heel and get fans to get against him. 
But if it's where he's just trying to be Triple H, the writing's on the wall at this point. Well, that's certainly been the criticism from some fans that, you know, he's trying to be Triple H or they draw comparisons between him and Triple H. And I certainly don't think that he's trying to be Triple H. But there are certain things that he's doing that would lead people to believe that, you know, he's following the same path, if you want to consider that. And I'm not one of those people that thinks Triple H buried a lot of good young talent because he's put over a lot of guys, too. And we don't need to get in that whole debate and argument right now or conversation. I don't like the name The Prince of Pro Wrestling. I think it's a little corny that whenever there's a big match or a big spot, he has to come out with the entire entourage, the entire Nightmare family. The hermit crab's there. The dog's there. The wife is there. This guy's holding a flag up. This one's got Cody underwear on. <laughs> Dude, no. It's not It's not a pay-per-view. It's just another title defense. Like, it's kind of... it's and, and to follow it up with to be introduced as the prince of pro wrestling, I mean, unless they truly turn to, may, plan to turn him heel, because that's his... To me, that's almost like a... Uh, He's a VP and he, he obviously he's making up this nickname for himself. It's not like Jim Ross or somebody said it on commentary. He, he, they got it from someone and, and he's a VP. And Jim so, Ross pointed that out. Like, really? You're calling yourself the Prince of pro wrestling. So yeah, I, I think but, that that is kind of a, a seed planting for some kind of heel turn or something. Yeah. Let me, let me get into the matches here really quick. I thought the match on NXT was good. I thought that the Cody Scorpio sky match was also good. I think that I definitely agree with you in the fact that it just seemed like Scorpio Sky, who we thought was going to be a legitimate uh, threat to his title defense here or to his title reign, it kind of stinks that as soon as the match ended, you got the confrontation or the video from Brody Lee, you know, knowing that they, all right, well, we already know what the next step is. We're moving on from Scorpio Sky because I think that Scorpio Sky is certainly a guy that can carry that title or, you know, be a big time player in the, the singles division there. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing that I did like, and I mentioned this, I think about three weeks ago, I like the fact that they're starting to point out that Cody is starting to accumulate injuries over the course of these title defenses, because if you go back and look one, he's defending the belt quite a bit. It's if it's not every week, it's just about every week, right? He's gone through tax. He's had some hellacious matches, longer matches, 20 minutes plus for most of them, I would imagine off the top of my head. So when he goes up against a lesser opponent or somebody who maybe isn't as established like the Ultimate Warhorse, who we had his match against, Eddie Kingston, guys like that, people who aren't necessarily as recognizable, it makes sense to go the 20 minutes because he's been beaten up so much over the course of the title defenses. So I like that they were pointing out the rib injuries. No problem with either match. I like Escobar a lot. I think that he's going to do a lot of good things for NXT and eventually move up to the main card. Whether that's a demotion or not, I'll leave that up to the people to decide. Yeah, I got to agree. I really like what they're doing with Legado Del Fantasma. At first, I was not a fan of this whole storyline with the abducting and whatever. But now that it's progressed, it's actually one of the better storylines in NXT. And I really like Isaiah Swerve Scott, too. I hope, you know, this match between uh, Escobar and Swerve Scott ends up at TakeOver 30. And it should be a really good match between them next Saturday if it happens. But let's move on to another championship match on AEW Dynamite, the Tag Team Championship. Kenny Omega and Adam Page going up against the Jurassic Express. And on NXT, Mia Yim rushes back from the hospital or aiding Keith Lee just in time to face Indy Hartwell in a match that, you know, just, just a simple match. Omega and Page here. I think this tag match was good. 
It wasn't a great match. I think it really showcased the cohesiveness of the Jurassic Express and how good they can be uh, in the tag team division. But at this point, I think we know that Omega and Paige are going to retain as long as they can until they face FTR or the Young Bucks. So, and we, and we learned that in the next segment anyway, but I thought this match was good. I think the separation of Kenny Omega and Hangman Page is starting to, you know, progress a little bit more. I personally, especially when it's called Tag Team Appreciation Night, would have liked this in the main event, personally. Yeah, and you know, it's I actually forgot that it was Tag Team Appreciation Night until that segment came up uh, yeah. later on in the evening, you know, because I... I they did a couple of quick segments with private party calling out, Oh, well, this was our favorite tag team and, and stuff like that. But I, I felt like they didn't necessarily build up to, you know, that, that one segment that we got with the, with FTR and the young bucks. So I thought it was okay. The match itself was fine. I thought that the match on NXT, which, you know, that was just like you said, it, it was a quick, simple match. Nothing crazy with that. I do think Hangman Page and Kenny Omega are going to carry the titles for quite some time until they end up dropping them. Uh, whether that be to FTR, whether that be to the Young Bucks, I, I don't know. I thought we were going to get a little more storyline progression with Kenny as the, the cleaner again because we, he did have that interaction before with Marco Stunt and they didn't necessarily play up that at all. But They know. gave him a hell of a dragon suplex, though. <laughs> they did. They did. But and, and he did slap Marco in the face. It wasn't as like obvious, like here's the next progression in the storyline, but there was exactly. a little bit of storytelling in there. A little innuendo, if you will. Right. So, but speaking of tag team appreciation night, we had the tag team appreciation segment next on AEW Dynamite while NXT had Bronson Reed and Damian Priest, a little precursor to the ladder match happening at NXT TakeOver 30. The tag team appreciation segment I thought was was very good. Uh, I really like at the beginning, you have the Young Bucks blowing smoke up the Rock and Roll Express's ass. You have FTR blowing smoke up Tolly and Arn's ass. Arn's blowing smoke at FTR. Rock and Roll Express blowing uh, smoke up the Young Bucks ass. And then you have Tolly that's just like, what the hell are we doing here? We're talking about great tag teams. Who the hell has the belts? No one in this ring. So unless we're going to have belts here, you guys are not great yet. You're not the greatest tag team. And then he turns over to Arn and he's like, listen, we might have been a tag team back in the old days, but now I have a bone to pick with you, especially what happened to my client last year with Sean Spears. Sean Spears comes out and then a little bit of chaos happens. FTR goes after the Rock and Roll Express. I thought this was a well-executed, story-progressed segment here where we're getting hints of this four horsemen faction happening. Love this. Love this segment. Also, NXT, love this match between Bronson Reed and Damian Priest. Just two big guys beating on each other. Some really good spots in this match. Bronson Reed gets another win. I'm really liking Bronson Reed. I hope he's the one that takes the North American title at that ladder match at TakeOver. Well, I like the fact that they're actually putting time into investing in him and his character development and telling you kind of who he is and his journey yes. and giving him big wins like this. Like yes. the fact that he won this match over a guy that is a little more established. And I always want to call him Punishment Martinez just because of who he, what that's the name he worked as under uh, in the independence. But uh, Damian Priest, it was it was a good match, hard hitting in your face. It was pretty much everything I wanted it to be. Yep. Um, and I wouldn't mind seeing it in a bigger spot, maybe at a takeover further down the road if they decide to do that. So 
definitely intriguing to see what happens with the the championship in Bronson Reed if ultimately it culminates in him winning the title. As far as the tag team segment on AEW, I thought it was good. I was questioning what the point of it was until the very end, and I was hoping, hoping, hoping that's where they were going to go with it, where FTR is finally going to turn heel. Hopefully, we're finally going to get the buildup towards the tag match that we all want to see, that people have been talking about for years, FTR and the Young Bucks. I really think that if Tully really wanted to go a little further with some of the stuff he was saying, he could have really cut in on the Young Bucks and their style and been like, look, they want to consider themselves the best, but that's not the type of style that you and I, and obviously he's talking about Arn, that's not the type of style that we used to work and that's not the style that, that we appreciate. And he talks about FTR. They didn't do that. It's fine. It's whatever. FTR can probably go out there next week, cut a promo and say th- those exact things. But I, I thought it was a really good segment. I like the fact that they more or less turned heel, if you want to consider that. Right. And what happens from here on out with Hangman Page? Because we know they have that relationship. And Sean Spears, where does he fit into all of this? He made an appearance. So time will tell. Yeah, I think at this point, it's just a matter of who is going to be this four horsemen, air quotes, faction. And I think now it seems like it's going to be Paige, Spears, and FTR. That would be my guess. Women's action next. It seems like it's the only women's action that you'll see on AEW Dynamite is this last segment before the main event. Hikaru Shida, at least the champion's on. She goes up against Heather Monroe in a very quick squash match. Meanwhile, on NXT, it's Mercedes Martinez and Aaliyah going up against Caden Carter and Casey Cananzaro. And that tag match was surprisingly. Good, in my opinion. I, I thought the the action in it, the fluidity and chemistry of Caden Carter and Casey Cananzaro going up against Mercedes Martinez was very, very good. And they showcased six women in this one segment and progress storyline at the same time. So you showcase this potential tag team in the future in Casey and Caden. You progress the storyline with Mercedes Martinez as part of the Robert Stone brand, even though She's only doing it because she wants to deal with the stuff in the ring while they deal with the stuff out of the ring. Rhea Ripley comes in. Shotzi Blackheart comes in. It's basically what you want to see in AEW, which they did absolutely nothing. They gave Hikaru Shida, the champion, six matches and four words to speak in a promo. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate because you and I said before she even won the title that Shida really was the, the individual that we wanted to carry the title. And right now, it's kind of like, I, I don't want to say I don't care, but they haven't really given me a reason to care in the past couple of weeks. So it's kind of like right. tag team matches are going on on YouTube or wherever they're going on. So it's like, I'm not going to necessarily go out of my way unless I have some free time to watch that. True. And I don't necessarily care right now about the, the title because one, I, what contenders are there even for that championship right now? Nyla it's Rose not, is hold on. Nyla Rose is the number one contender. Big Swole promo, more or less. Big Swole is number two, and she was suspended. Now that got lifted. Number three is Penelope Ford. Haven't seen her in a couple weeks, unless right. it's in the Deadly Draw tournament. Abaddon is number four, and she's only had matches on Dark, except for that one match on Dynamite. And Britt Baker's number five, and she's hurt. And Anna Jay's playing Catwoman. <laughs> Second, second fiddle to thing one, thing two, and Colonel Sanders. <laughs> and maybe the worst faction of all of wrestling. The Dark Order you think is the worst faction of all wrestling? No, I wouldn't go that far. I'm just, I'm just saying. 
Because there, there is Just the job kidding. squad in the union. There's some pretty bad. I'm factions. talking about active. Oh, active. active. Okay. okay. Active factions. There's yes. some pretty bad. Well, the worst one is on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Which one's that? Uh, whatever their name is, Redemption, Reliance. Oh, uh, Retribution. Yeah. What? Retribution. What? Yeah. But all right, main event time, Ralph. Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. So we have some controversy there with Chris Jericho having concerts. And whether that's advised or ill-advised. So you have that controversy. The main event in NXT has controversy because coming back is the Velveteen Dream. We're not going to talk about the controversies itself. If you want to look that up, Google's your friend there. But Orange Cassidy beats Chris Jericho. Cameron Grimes beats Kushida and Velveteen Dream to get into the ladder match. I think this triple threat match was the best of the one since the first week. Kushida looked amazing in this match. Velveteen Dream obviously gets protected in his return, does not get involved with the fall. Cameron Grimes pins Kushida. This Orange Cassidy match and Jericho was not as good as its first one. There were some obvious botches in this, but you knew Orange Cassidy was going to win. It's a big win. Where does the story go from here is the next question, though. And everybody's waiting to see what I have to say about Orange Cassidy. Yes, they are. So I guess I'll start with the match really quick. I thought the match was fine. I, I thought the match was, uh, you know, it was, it was decent. I definitely agree with you. I thought their first match was better. I found it much more appealing and, and, and I was much more emotionally invested. And not, we'll, we'll say that I was much more emotionally invested in the first one. Yes. I did predict last week that Chris Jericho was going to lose to Orange Cassidy just because I felt like that was the way that this whole storyline was trending. And I think that the match itself had it been laid out a little bit differently, would have been more effective. I think that Orange Cassidy, just as a character or who he is as a person and how he presents himself, people want to feel bad and connect with him. So I think Jericho really should have beat his ass the entire match. And, and, and as Orange Cassidy starts to make his comeback, you know, gets beat down again, and then you have the outside interference and things like that, it works better for that type of character when a guy like him, you can draw sympathy for and he can work from underneath. And then ultimately he has the big, you know, roll up or whatever at the end. They, they kind of botched the ending, which was very noticeable because that's how the match ended. Yeah, so. I'm pretty sure when you do the mousetrap, you're supposed to go forward, not backwards. But I, I'm not an I, expert. I, didn't, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it just was very noticeable botch at the end there. It didn't it looked sloppy, but the match itself, I thought was OK. I, I thought it was fine for what it was. I think it just really is going to progress the storyline. The thing that I find the most interesting is this i said three weeks ago i felt like orange cassidy needed to show some type of development in order to appeal to the masses if they truly intend to keep him in a main event spot this win over chris jericho to me pretty much confirms that they are going to keep him in that main event position and try to push him but that orange cassidy that you saw last night while you had very 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 small glimpses of the orange cassidy that worked on the independent scene that is not the Orange Cassidy that a lot of AEW fans fell in love with. And people could say what they want, but he's cutting promos now, which is something that he, I said he needed to do. He did that last week. He's not necessarily playing pocket pool in the middle of matches and all that other silly stuff. The fake punching, the fake kicking. This is a much more honed down, grown up version of Orange Cassidy. Is that going to work? Maybe, but I think that they started to realize that the Orange Cassidy that was presented before, the Orange Cassidy that 
had the matches with the David Stars of the world is not the Orange Cassidy that you're going to get from here going forward. Is everybody going to be okay with that? Are the fans going to be like, this isn't what we want, but I felt like that's what needed to happen with him, and we'll see what happens. Right. It's going to be very interesting to see where this progresses. I, I would assume that we get the, the rubber match at All Out. What, I mean, where else does this lead to? You have Orange Cassidy win one, Jericho won one, and then it goes there. And if Orange Cassidy ends up beating Jericho in the third match and he ends up beating him twice, does this hurt the stock of Chris Jericho? Because you know there's people out there already that are saying, oh, Chris Jericho's buried because he lost to Orange Cassidy. But that's the story. <laughs> but here, here is the unfortunate thing for Chris Jericho. And I know people aren't going to like this, but that's okay because people get pissed off at me when I talk about Orange Cassidy anyway. So I'm going to say this. Chris Jericho has been in the industry so long and has so many accomplishments that to the fan that is the laps fan, to the fan that no longer watches wrestling and to the fan that might pick up this clip on YouTube, this is the same Chris Jericho that did go against some of the most elite competition and, and guys in the industry ever. Right, so he's had matches and wins against the Kurt Angles, the Stone Cold Steve Austins, the Rocks, all, the, the Murderers Row. You can name anybody in the industry, some of the biggest stars. Unfortunately for Chris Jericho, the Attitude Era was the biggest era of professional wrestling ever. You know, there there were more people watching during that time than 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 now. So those fans, that specific group, if they see Chris Jericho losing. To a guy like this, what are they going to think of that? I don't know, but I think a majority of them are going to say, I used to remember when he was wrestling the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now he's losing to this guy in tight jeans and tennis shoes and sunglasses. And well, I mean, the difference that's is... Fine. That's fine, but here's the thing. People are going to get upset about it, but the Laps fan, I'm not talking about the current AEW fan, the Laps fan might look at that and say, I'm not giving it a chance because I don't want to see it. It's true, but at the same time, you got to have to think, you know, Orange Cassidy is 32, 33, maybe 34 at the oldest. Chris Jericho's 49. So, you know, at, at one point, you're not, at, you're not at your prime. So if it was like Jericho in his prime losing to Orange Cassidy, I think it's much worse than it is last night where Jericho pushing 50 loses to Orange Cassidy. You know, and, and there was uh, some obvious shenanigans involved with the ending too, because true. obviously the tension, well, the interaction between Mike Four Count Kyoto there and, <laughs> and Jericho pretty much cost them the match. Yeah, you got you got so. one referee overcounting, and you got the other referees not counting at all. Just have a meeting and, and figure and it out. We're not going to have any love for Cameron Grimes here. Yeah, I mean that guy's going to go to the moon. I love Cameron Grimes. I I, like I was I said, shocked. I, I was shocked that he won. I thought for sure when I saw Velveteen Dream, he was getting the win. Well, here's the thing. There's the the extra second chance matches next week. So we have Balor right. and Velveteen Dream. And on the other side, it's Gargano versus Rich Holland. So I know there was a, a report that Gargano got hurt while they right. were taping the Holland-Gargano match yesterday. It appeared to be fine. They finished the match. They're going to edit it. Hopefully not as bad as Dexter Loomis's flop over the, the ropes there, but the, they said they're going to edit it to make it look seamless. I mean, let's hope if they need help, I'm, I'm there. I, I have, I have my experience in video editing. So Cameron Grimes, I know 
I know a lot of people don't like him necessarily or aren't have much stock in him yet, but I think this guy has a lot of potential to be one of like an upper mid card heel in the main roster. He's just got that annoying voice, that annoying loudness. He's just annoying. I think that's going to work when he goes to the main roster personally. Yeah. You had, you had the two comedic relief guys win the main events last night. Cameron Grimes is not a comedic relief. He's like, he's Uh, comedic, but he's not a comedic relief character. I don't know. We'll see. All right. All right. Before we could decide which show is better this week, let's look at the ratings. And this week, the ratings show that AEW Dynamite wins the 18 to 49 demographic this week, doubling NXT with a 0.32 over NXT's 0.16. Now, because of that, we do not have NXT's 50 plus rating as they did not reach the top 50 in the 18 to 49 demo. AEW Dynamite does get a 0.26 in that demo. Total viewership was down for both shows by about 100,000 each. AEW Dynamite scoring 792,000 viewers, while NXT got 619,000 total viewers. So, Ralph, AEW Dynamite, they had their tag team appreciation night. They had some good matches. I think their matches could have been better. I love the tag team appreciation segment. NXT, in my opinion... I think had a better flow to it. And I felt like the two hours went by a little quicker than it did on AEW dynamite this week. I I don't know which show I think was better. I mean, they were pretty much, they were pretty even this week. I don't know if there, I don't know if there's really one that was definitely better than the other. If I had to flip a coin and I, I think just by the flow of it, I would say NXT was slightly, slightly, slightly better if I just had to pick one. I'm actually going to say it was a push. I, I honestly think, I don't think there was one show that was better than the other. There was really nothing that significant that happened on either show. I mean, you had the return of Velveteen Dream, which could prove significant if he goes on and wins the title. Or um, people it, it, block him out of social media and the point where WWE has no yeah, choice to get rid of him. Yeah, that, that, that's true too. And then you had, to me, I mean... I guess it depends what you think. I, I, I really did think that Orange Cassidy was going to win this match, so it wasn't really any surprise to me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought both shows were uh, decent, and that was it. All right, let us know what you guys think. Which show is better in the comments below? Don't forget to share this all over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, SCPB Podcast. And for news, reviews, and conversations and all things pro wrestling, subscribe, hit that bell for notifications. For Al Valenti, my name is Michael Valenti. Thank you for watching the Squared Circle Psychobabble.